We're now continuing back in the book of Philippians, and we're looking at Philippians 2, 17 through 24. So please turn uh, with me to it, <coughs> Philippians 2, verse 17 through 24. Hear God's word. Yea, and I be... Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with a father, with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for this passage that we just read. We ask, O Lord, that you would open it up, that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My son Timothy. Paul never married nor had children of his own flesh and blood, as far as we know. There's no record of that whatsoever in scripture having children by the way can come in handy especially as you get older <laughs> but not having a wife how could one be a father if one were to follow God's prescription for the family he says this we command you Apostle Paul. This we command you that if any would not work, neither shall he eat. Can it also be said, or perhaps in other words, if any don't marry, neither can he have children. Hebrews 13, 4, this could be attributed to the Apostle Paul, which some do. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. I needed to insert that. There's a saying, like father, like son. Like father, Paul. Paul was a hard-working servant of the gospel that there ever was. He said of himself, I, Paul, am made a minister who labored more abundantly than they all. I know sometimes he will boast like that and Perhaps because he has no other point of reference or no other example than himself. But he would always qualify that or he would always put in an explanation that I boast in the Lord first. And on top of that, he was self-supporting. It is said, or he said of himself in Acts 20, 33 and 34, what? Acts 20. 33 and 34. 
He said, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Right. May as well go on to read the next verse because it goes right along with those two verses. Verse 35, I have shown you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so there is a, a, an example par excellence of a servant of the gospel. He said elsewhere, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So that was his passion. That was his purpose. That was his calling. Paul longs for the brothers and sisters there in Philippi. It's been a good while since he was there last with them. It's like myself, four years since I've been able to see the saints in the Philippines. There will be one coming our way who will be speaking at this church in May, Lord willing, Pastor Vic Bernalis. He wants to see how they were doing in their walk of faith and labor and love. Writing is just not the same thing like John explains when he said in his third letter, I had many things to write. And you know, sometimes writing is very tedious. He'd rather just pick up the phone and call someone, right? But he couldn't do that. I will not write with ink and pen, but I trust I shall see you shortly and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name on your end. There's just something satisfying about that, is there not? Like what is said in the Proverbs by Solomon, who entertained guests from all over, even the Queen of Sheba on one occasion, when he said, as in water, like in the reflection in the, the, the pool or in the uh, lake, as in water, face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. There's some communion that goes on between two. And that's why... Worship in person is, is worship. Worship online is not quite hacking it. You know what I mean? Can I say it's not worship? At least I know some that would go that far as to say that. Of course, I don't want to draw the line. I'll leave that to God. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: Iron sharpeneth iron. And so a man sharpeneth the countenance, the face of his friend. So that it goes from being angry to being happy. So that it goes from being sad to being glad. Is that worth it? But Paul can't go. He's tied up, literally. Instead, he plans to send Timothy to know how they are doing. Another proverb in 25.25, as, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. I love this verse. But good news goes both ways, do they not? Like father, like son. Now, like son. This is the next best thing. Paul says, for I have no man like-minded. What did he mean? Someone that is a clone of him? Absolutely not. He's his own man. He's his own minister. He's his own elder. 
He spe- in the spiritual council or in the consistory, he speaks his own mind. And he is heard by the rest. And all have one vote. The pastor doesn't have the deciding vote either. In fact, just like in, in, in Congress, he, he abstains unless there's a need to break the tie, as it were. How did he know Timothy so well that, that he could say, for I have no man like-minded? It's from the first time they met in Acts 16, 1 through 3. Acts 16, 1 through 3. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, that is Paul. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed. He had a believing mom. But his father was a Greek, meaning unbeliever. And that by nationality. Which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. He had a reputation or a testimony that went out already. Of one who was walking with the Lord. Who was serving Christ. Who was living to the glory of God. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. And took and circumcised him. Because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. And so with the testimony's sake, so that there would be no questions asked, as it were, he was circumcised so that he could go to both, to the Jew and to the Greek, and preach the gospel unashamedly. And later on, Paul himself testified to the same, did he not, in 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1. It says in verse 3, And I thank God whom I serve my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Have you ever prayed for someone night and day? I tell you, if you do, it's probably someone who's very dear to your heart. Someone who's like a son. Someone who's like a daughter. Someone who's your child. Or perhaps, like in this case, someone that is so close that he he could be your child. He could be your own. Though he is not. Greatly desire to see thee. Be mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call the remembrance the unfeigned faith, that is the unpretentious faith that is in thee, which dwelt all first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. And not just because he was raised in a Christian home, but when he came of age, he testified as a man of God to the same faith once delivered to the saints. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Meaning the laying on of hands that Paul did upon his ordaining him to the gospel ministry. That's how close he was to Paul. When a person gives a charge, there's a certain relationship between that one who gave the charge and the one who is charged. Such as when I was asked, it was a privilege to give the charge 
to the eldership to Yevgeny Ko. And one that would last throughout one's life and especially in that one service to Christ and just gospel. Sadly, to God's chagrin, to the hurt of congregations, many in the ministry were and still are to this day in it for themselves. All seek their own, the Apostle Paul says in another place in, oh, in that passage in verse 21. All seek their own. Go back to it. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 21. For all seek their own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ's. You know what? Things those are that are Jesus Christ, God's people. God's people. You are his treasure. You are his treasure in the day that he will, uh, he will go into his treasure box and, and rejoice over those that are his diadems and his gems and his gold and his silver and his precious stones. Seeking your own interest to the neglect of Jesus Christ and his church is a very great sin. And God will not tolerate that for very long. And I've seen churches go down which started out well, that ran well, or started out well but didn't continue. And I believe because of the sin of its leadership. Even the eldership that did not hold the pastor accountable to the truth they have that responsibility to do that. Did you know that in the Dutch church after the preaching of the word? I always love to tell this story because I don't get to tell it very much. But all the elders would line up first. And then the first one to go through the line is the pastor. And if they approved of his preaching, they would all shake his hand right down the line. But if they did not, any one or more of those elders would hold their hand away. Just like what Peter did, Paul did to Peter when he caused the Gentiles to stumble on one occasion. And Peter was guilty. And Paul withheld his hand of fellowship from Peter as a way to tell him, shame on you. You see, this is what our attitude is needs to be because this is God's very attitude towards this type of irresponsibility behind this pulpit in the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ which he redeemed with his own blood as Matthew Henry said many prefer their own credit ease safety before truth holiness and duty the things of their own pleasure and reputation before the things of Christ's kingdom and his honor and interest in the world are we guilty of that? I trust not. But you know, it doesn't take much to get the ball rolling, does it? All it takes is the proverbial camel to put his nose in the, in the, in the dead of winter through the door of the tent. Before you know, before you know it, he is in the tent and the Arab is out. I, I, I'm sorry that that may have been, you know, uh, <laughs> not the best illustration, <laughs> but it, but there it is. Okay. Bad and doubly bad when you consider what will happen to the charlatan 
and what will happen to that congregation as a result of that charlatan's sowing bad seed. Could that be said of Timothy? Never. As Paul says in verse 22, but you know the proof of him. The proof of him. He has proven himself. He has proven his worth. He's proven it. Like the U.S. Marine Corps, we want a few good men. He was one of those few good men that would serve Christ. Like Paul. Spiritually speaking, he was like that gem in the rough that Paul came across when he went to Lystra and Iconium. In the, the apostles' eyes, Timothy stood head and shoulders above everyone. For he said, that he was one who will naturally care for your state, even as I do. And so he can entrust him to the mission field there in Philippi. What Paul said about himself, Timothy could also say about himself. I seek not yours, but you. I don't want your money. I want your soul. And if it means being defrauded or being without... I will do it. That is the spirit of missionaries. You know why missionaries go out there? Because they love Christ so much that they will, that they will brave danger and the unknown and possible persecution and even martyrdom because of their love for those souls that are there at the precipice of hell ready to fall over into the lake, the bottomless pit lake of fire again not what you get out of the ministry but instead what you could give to it as Paul would say elsewhere let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth and he's not talking about what's in their pockets either but what he could give to them of the wealth exceeding riches of the glory of God which is in Jesus Christ even as he said elsewhere about Jesus Christ, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was poor, yet for your sakes he became rich. I'm sorry, reverse that. <laughs> that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So like Christ wants us to be rich, spiritually and eternally, forever rich. So does Paul, and so did Timothy. And like his father in Christ, Paul, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. Was he born that way? Maybe something to that, but for sure he was equipped that way by the Lord. So like Paul again, he could say, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. And he was the first one to do that. He was sincere, genuine, not a pretentious bone in his body. Remember what Paul said earlier in his letter to him. Paul had no one like him. He was one of a kind. <clears throat> And by this time, Timothy was a tried and tested minister and pastor who had made full proof of his ministry. 2 Timothy 4, 5. 
who serve Christ as to be accepted of God or to God and approved of men. Romans 14, 18. This was Paul's son in the faith. By this time, the apostle had many sons and many daughters in Christ. He says, for though I have yet, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me as I am of Christ. That is a privilege when God uses you to bring others into his kingdom. Beginning with your own family and then extending to the world. And to be used of God is God to be the greatest gift next to being saved that I can think of. To be used in someone's life to bring him to Christ, bring her to Christ. Greater blessing, what greater joy is there in this life to know that you are used in the rescue of someone who will be eternally thankful to God and in glory, even remembering how God used you and me in their lives. Timothy was very special. As a son with a father, he had served me with the gospel. In the RCUS, there are a few families blessed with fathers and sons who serve in the ministry. The Sawtells and the Grossmans and the Powells come to my mind because they were in my time in the RCUS. I was given the rare privilege to lead a young man to Christ on a Tuesday night evangelism along with another brother. I'll give you his name, Malcolm. <laughs> Who later, after being in our church for a while, moved to Guam where he entered the ministry. Paul said, I hope to send presently Timothy. And as soon as I shall see how it will go with me, I will come. But this is not the first time he sent Timothy. I'll read you another, another occasion. Uh, For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, meaning to you of Corinth, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ. That being in Christ is, is key, okay? Not just my ways. Because like the rest of us, Paul had his idiosyncrasies, okay? And who doesn't, right? Paul had his sins. And who doesn't have that? Paul has clay feet, like the Bible says, of, of ministers and of servants of God. But when you are seeking to walk in the way of the Lord, when you're seeking to teach others of your ways as they are in Christ, that's another story. That's another thing. Even as he taught everywhere in every church. He was consistent. It was the same message everywhere he went. He didn't deviate from that message. He didn't preach one way to one church and then another way to another church. It was always the same message throughout his ministry. And so Timothy was the same way, consistent throughout his life and service to Christ. But still Paul was hopeful to come. Just something about the uh, that desire to see the brethren, to see your friends in Christ, to see your children in the Lord. And so, he says, but don't stop uh, uh, praying for me because I may still show up at your doorstep. 
They wanted so much to be used in their lives. As he said at the end of Romans to the Christians at Rome, he says, and I am sure that when I come, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I come. And when I come. Timothy lived up to his name. Do you know what his name means? Timotheus, honoring God. What a name to be given. Honoring God. He lived up to his name. I pray that it is your desire as well. In conclusion, this information may be useful, will be, when it comes time to call another minister. Will he be as what Paul described of Timothy? For I have no one like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him. That as a son with a father, he has served me, with me, in the gospel. It is true that not all of us are called into the gospel ministry. Most of us aren't. But are we not called to be co-laborers in Christ? Co-laborers with the minister. Co-laborers with the leadership of the church in the gospel. Are we not called by our Lord to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them? First of all, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever Jesus has commanded us. In one final verse, Philippians 1.27, turn back to it. I'd like to conclude with what he says about this very thing. Only let your conversation, your lifestyle, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. That has to be the greatest joy of any minister or pastor or missionary, is when you know that they're continuing following the master. Therefore, I contend that these qualities are the kind that should be in every believer. Just as we are all to be fishers of men, just as we are all to be sowers of the seed of God's word, and all to the glory of God, shall we pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of the Apostle Paul in his relationship to his son of the faith, Timothy. And thank you for Timothy and how he stepped up to the plate. What a tall order. What, a, what tall shoes he had to fill, as it were, when Paul was taken to glory and when he had to continue on where his father in Christ left off. Oh Lord, we pray for the grace to be able to be fathers of others, to be mothers of others, but also to be faithful sons and daughters of yours.
and of those that you use in our lives to lead us to you. In Christ's name, amen. Let's now uh, stand as we sing our hymn of praise.